Just a quick broadcasting note up front. This podcast was recorded prior to naming it Spin Me a Story and having all of our social media set up. So now I can say uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at story underscore spin. And if you have suggestions for the Wheel of Stories, you can leave it there. Uh, if you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is share this podcast with your friends. Um, if you like it, review it on whatever uh, platform you listen to your podcast on. And thank you. Thank you uh, for your support and thank you for listening to Spin Me a Story. Spin me a story, tell me a tale Of pirates or rockets, hop on board and set sail On a wave of adventure and a roll of the wheel Each week a new story, written zeal Be it drama or last or tales full of glory Kick up your feet while we spin you a story Hi everybody and welcome back to our podcast uh, My name is Casey I'm Luke and I'm Roman. And the, uh, today we've got a little bit of a special uh, one going on. No wheels today. Uh, we are Ooh, going to be... Spooky. Spooks. Uh, so this is the month of October. We are trying to get our Halloween episode ready to go out. And we're going to uh, we're write gonna a create mon- a monster. We're going to create a monster, yeah. We're going to write about a monster. I have some things that I want you guys to keep in mind while we're writing this monster. I'm going to read these out. These come from Cambridge uh, College. Where they study monsters? Yep. Monsterology. (laughs) Um, So the first thing is that monsters, monsters embody the cultural or psychological characteristics that we as a society find difficult to acknowledge. So we kind of define our monsters by ourselves. We create the monsters based off of how we feel in our side. It's almost like we're the monsters. We are. Do, do, do. All right, the second thing. Uh, monsters represent the wonderful diversity of divine creation, a playful nature that can produce a multitude of strange forms. That doesn't sound creepy. So, I mean, it's just the fact that we have found, like, animals of kind of, like, all shapes and sizes. You know? Okay. Uh, monsters and beasts, such as basculus or unicorns, that were banished to distant regions and maps, represented a frightened unknown. Here be dragons. Or like in the ocean where they would just draw a kraken because, well, I don't know, maybe there is a kraken here. Yeah, sounds plausible. <laughs> yeah, it was just their fear of the unknown type okay. of thing. Okay. Um, to define a deviant form, such as a deformed uh, calf or uh, deformed animal, uh, or a monstrous exotic creature, we first have to define what's normal. So we have to kind of put it in a societal tor- uh, term. And then finally, uh, monsters became commercially lucrative things, oddities, curiosities, and rare things that were marketable. Things like the uh, the uh, SciShow Carnival type of thing, the Tahitian mermaids that were on sale. I mean, basically, you have if you're going to make a monster, you have to be able to sell merch. Make it marketable, that's right. <laughs> that's what we're doing here. Just like the greatest showman. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's actually a perfect example. Okay. So we're going to start by listing, you know, our, uh, like, societal fears. We don't have to put, like, our own fears in. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awful. We can't talk about ghosts. Yeah, no. No. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, this is obvious, so I probably shouldn't even say it, but society fears death. I mean, just look at the coronavirus. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna put viruses in there because that's a yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. We, we are fearful of viruses. Yeah, I put death. Um, you'd also mentioned this earlier, and I want to throw that out there. Is uh, social media? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I feel like that's a, a big societal fear. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I, I think everyone has a secret to an extent, yeah. so they just don't want to be exposed. Yeah. So a monster that exposes your darkest secrets. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. On social media. On social media. That's pretty creepy. Wow. <laughs> what are some other societal uh, fears that we have? Other than public speaking? <laughs> public speaking. Yeah. Just the public in general. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know the the quarantine has uh, made me t- turned off from other people in general, yeah, but for sure, uh, just the public. Uh, we've gotten more anxious as a society. We don't go out as much. We have everything delivered to our houses. Yeah. So going out in public now is a uh, so it's a monster thing. that makes you go out in public <laughs> and speak. <laughs> oh my god! On stage, <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Butterflies in your stomach, <laughs> but now they control you. Oh, so real things. Yeah. Uh, I want to throw bugs out there because I think a, we yeah, don't. Um, I mean, do yeah. we have bug monsters? Like, I hate bugs. Yeah. We and we as a society kind <laughs> of. I mean, we have reason to fear them. We have the mosquitoes that have a uh, West Nile virus. West yeah. Nile virus. Yeah. I just don't like things that bite. And also roaches in general. I don't like cockroaches. So, but has the cockroach ever actually hurt you? No, That's but it's I don't just... understand why people are afraid of cockroaches. Like spiders, I get. Like if they bite you, they could be. Is it venomous or poisonous? It's venomous. Venomous. Yeah. Yeah. But cockroaches, like they're just gross. I guess right. It's just gross. And yeah. Usually you see them at nighttime. Yeah, and they, you turn on the lights and they skitter away. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. They're up to no good. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I think definitely like nighttime in the dark. That's always like a big part of a of a monster. Yeah. Maybe we make a reverse vampires or something, and they're only out during the day. And they make you speak in public. And they make you speak <laughs> public. <laughs> uh, it's just being lost. Lost. Like one of those. Uh, but I mean, we don't really get lost anymore. If you think about it. Why not? Because anywhere you go, you're going to have your phone. It's going to make you lose your phone. Yeah, but what if your phone dies and you're lost? It steals your phone. Your phone dead. Yeah. I feel like we should be a lot more afraid of AI than we are. I know we probably aren't, but I feel like we should be. Let's put AI in there. Okay. But no, I like what Roman's saying with, like, the loss. It's like the yokai that, like, take little children and, like, oh, come here, little kid, out into the woods. And then, bah, ha, 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 now you're lost in the woods forever. Yeah, corn maze. Phone away. But, but I'm saying we were talking about our current societal fears. Is that something people fear today, getting lost? I don't think they do. I don't think it's much. But I think losing your phone was a big fear. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Phone, for sure. A monster that steals your phone, finds out all of your secrets on there. Yeah, so... And then blast it out and like speak On public speech. Yeah. yeah. Just the fear of not having toilet paper. So basically, <laughs> basically, basically, our monster is going. Our monster is basically going to be a monster that knows how to use technology. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Did. No, I think be... that's great. Okay. I think so. That... Let's say they just hack into their social media account and then start exposing them. That's terrifying. It's very it has, terrifying. Okay, it can. It's like a shapeshift, but it can do like the face ID. Yeah. And then it gets into your phone. Yeah. Finds out all of your social media passwords and secrets and stuff like that on your social media. Call the monster Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We can get into the name of the monster. Then. 
I was kind of thinking about this beforehand, and like, O is a scary sound. O? It, yeah, it's a scary letter. Okay. Because like you gotta think like boo, ghost, ghoul. That's yeah, true. Yeah. What what other scary noises do we have? Like the the noise that or the sound the S makes. I mean, I guess that's kind of obvious. It's often associated with like slithering and snakes, spiders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Roman, what do you have to add for that? <laughs> as far as a scary sound. Yeah. Could uh, be like anything that ghosts make. What kind of sound does a ghost make? I think they make the. Yeah. Uh, so though then. Uh, <laughs> or uh, they. It could be the social observer. Social observer. Yeah. Okay. Social observer. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) It's even scarier when you see it in person. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And so what does it look like? Does it look like anything? I think it has to. Yeah, because, I mean. Because it has to. One of the things was it has to be marketable. It depends. The myth kind of varies on what it looks like. It has to be marketable. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I like the idea that there there are other interpretations of it because that's perfectly fine. Because yeah. even when we talk about like the New Jersey Devil and stuff like that, right. like there is a bunch of different you know images of it. Mothman, same idea. Yeah. Like there are different images of it, but it has these things that make it market. You know, like the code in the Matrix, the green code. Mm-hmm. I think it has something to do with that, like skittering green code on the ground. Okay. I don't know though. Is that really scary? Yeah, I don't know if that's scary. Or maybe it leaves a trail of green. It's just like a slight glitch. Yeah. Like, I, I like, I, like again, like in the Matrix, where like yeah. the guy like just like kind of like flashes in and out of reality. Or like in Wreck It Ralph, where the girl yeah, like, there you go. That's what I'm thinking of. Not Matrix. Yeah. Wreck It Ralph. I mean, because nothing says so scary like Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Those bug things. Uh, Especially at the end. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I was thinking more of a person, but yeah, I guess we could potentially go that route. A person? Like, what would the person look like? Well, I would just picture him in a dark area and you don't really get to see him. Yeah. So it's just, we have that mystery behind, like, who is that guy that's, I don't know. Okay. so what so, I'm so, so in another the, country. So the merch has just like an outline of. A <laughs> so what I'm thinking is like the uh, the temporary like default profile picture for like the Facebook guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with the question mark. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. So it's gonna be like a uh, like a face like an empty avatar. Perfect. When you see that empty avatar. Social. Social so, observer. Social observer. Observer. <laughs> he sneaks into your house at night. Steals your phone. Steals all your information. Steals all your identity. <laughs> we've, heard identity. Yeah. We've, we've created a monster that just steals but, your identity. But identity theft is really scary. It's, it's, it is a crime scary thing. <laughs> it's, it's a really scary thing. This is true. As somebody who's had his identity and stolen. And now we've just turned it into a marketable monster. Yes. Yeah. You feel violated once they steal your mail. Yeah. Steals your phone. Yep. Post your your darkest secrets on social media. Yep. And you wake up in the morning. Where's my phone? Yeah. And you're like, oh no, <laughs> the social server guy. 
going into the lighthearted and it, uh-huh. it's supposed to be spooky scary. I'm sorry. No, it's okay, but you know, hey, maybe this year our uh, spooky monster is uh, not so spooky. Uh, that's honestly for 2020 that feels right. <laughs> uh, the real fear is identity theft. Yep. We knew it all along. Is there anything else we need to add to our monster? Well, let's 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 do a story we, out of. Well, let me let's first, if if you're okay with it, no. let's first start with: Did we meet all the criteria so far? Let's go back and review the criteria, what we have, and see if we met all the criteria. Uh, it has to embody the psychological characteristics that we, as a society, find difficult to acknowledge. So, I mean, I, I identity, we, yeah, yeah, like, I think we lo- are. Loss of identity, loss of sense of self, right? Secrets uh, exposed. Yeah, secrets are exposed too. Uh, Monsters represent a wonderful diversity of divine creation. Strange forms. Uh, uh, not so great on that one. Yeah, we might be able to come back to that. We have skittering green coat following in a faceless avatar. Yeah. I think the fact that like he has like arms and legs that don't really move, he just kind of floats towards you. Yeah. I think that that would help with that. Um, but we don't f- want to make it too ghost-like. A fear of the unknown. I don't think we have that. This is a very real and known fear. Is it? Because we really don't know who it is to an extent. I mean, this person can be in the shadows or whatever it is, be in the shadows. We don't really have a clear identity for this unknown monster. Yeah, but the things that it's capable of doing are very well known. Is it? Yeah, it's it's able to steal your identity. It's able to... But I think it's a good – so think about it also, like, like you're saying, fear of the unknown. Um, a lot of people – to a lot of people, I think identity theft is like, again, we're, like we're talking about, like this, this hacker in a room with a hoodie on. And we're actually turning the fear of the unknown into an actual, like, monster story. So does this guy – does the, uh, the social observer, does he wear a hoodie? Yeah, he definitely wears a hoodie. He definitely wears a hoodie. Maybe it starts with just like stealing. Maybe it just starts with like stealing your phone, stealing you know, posting your secrets and things like that. But then it starts like really stealing your identity, like who you are, like your personality. And you're like, like a little bit more sci-fi. So like people, people that know you start to recognize the monster more than they recognize you. Yeah. Yeah. So and he's taken your place almost. You lose your sense of self. Yeah. Right. So let's say our friends just mad at you for some odd reason you have no idea why because that person that monster said something to your friend and you're like i didn't know anything about this conversation what are you talking about yeah exactly okay okay all right and and like you go back and try and after a while this monster has gotten into your stuff you go back and you try and start like retaking it right and like you start posting on your social media again and people don't believe it's you posting because they're like well that's not like you yeah you're not like that and Fake you're like, no this is me and yeah yeah i, I like that okay <laughs> all right i think we got it uh we got it in one let's uh let's go to the uh, drawing board we'll write a story and we'll come back sounds good all good. right Social Observer. Social Observer is a humanoid avatar that was developed by Entergon Labs in the 1980s that is said to inhabit telecommunication lines across North America. Evidence of the Social Observer's presence is based on digital footprints, photographs, and visual sightings. Folklorists trace the Social Observer to societal fears of technology, secrets, and social media. 
Many computer scientists have historically refuted evidence of the existence of the social observers, considering it to be a hacker, misinformation, or a hoax. Description The social observer is described as a vaguely humanoid avatar from the waist up, with green binary code trailing behind, often said to be only 3 to 4 feet, 1 to 1.2 meters long, hovering about 3 feet, 1 meter off the ground. Its skin has been described as a pale grayish green with a faint blue glue. History, 1980-1991 According to historical reports, an unnamed engineer in the 1980s began working on the world's first social media website. Designed to host all personal information in one central location, online, the social observer began collecting data from the workers at Entergon Labs. Some felt this was an immense invasion of privacy and petitioned to turn off the social observer. When the program was officially ended, all the researchers' personal information had been uploaded and were retrievable online. They decided that this type of power was too much for any company to hold, and all plans to continue the project were scrapped, and Entergon Labs filed for bankruptcy in the early 90s, the early 2000s. Beginning in the early 2000s, a Monterey-based tech giant began digging into the historical works of Entergon Labs after the bankruptcy in the 1990s. It is believed that one of these tech moguls found the social observer lying dormant within the machines. They saw the potential for data acquisition and SEO by combining the program with newly developed AI. This new version of the social observer became widely known as SO 2.0. This new social observer began collecting data and uploading it, not to a central database, but instead to social media so that there could always be a digital trace. Uh, the tech mogul made billions off the data provided to their social media sites and off the eventual programs to remove the social media posts. SO 2.0 began to take on more corporeal forms and sightings became much more common. As Web 2.0 and cellular phones took off, the social observer began focusing on handheld devices. Sightings The first sightings of the social observers began in the 1980s in the Entergon Labs. One worker, who wished to remain anonymous, at the time reported, it looked like a torso and head with no face and no characteristics. I couldn't tell if it was male or female. It floated in front of the social observer machine and seemed to be reading the display. When I called out, it vanished back into the machine. Other sides reported similar characteristics of a featureless upper body, trailing ones and zeros in the air behind it. Oftentimes, people reported missing their phones during these events and could not take photo or video. Later on, they reported their social media accounts had been compromised and information they had not shared was posted on these accounts. Social Observer Claims Various sightings of the Social Observer gripped the public in the late 2010s. In April of 2017, Harry Henderson put forward some photos claiming to be the Social Observer. This reported sighting gave researchers the best evidence yet of the Social Observer. In the image, a faintly human outline can be seen in a light blue glow. Scientists have pointed out that, while dark, there's are most likely legs attached to the body and it is only a poorly lit photo. On July 9, 2019, Mrs. Applecord's social media account is reported hacked by her grandson as it begins posting personal information of a private matter. The social media site response is quick and the account is suspended while Mrs. Applecord is sent to a, a link to change her password. Mrs. Applecord researches her thousands of unread emails but did not receive the link. However, the account becomes unsuspended and begins threatening Mrs. Applecourt and her grandson. I am the social observer. Your grandson did a foolish thing. Posted to social media, 745, July 9th, 2019. On July 10th, 2019, Marshall Applecourt, grandson of Mrs. Applecourt, woke up to find his social media account hacked as well. This time, 
he was unable to reach customer service as his phone had been stolen as well. Posts on his front page included insults to friends and families, his true GPA, and that he did not in fact have a friend that worked at Nintendo and got him the new Zelda game early. When Marshall's phone eventually turned up, all of his photos had been replaced with memes. <laughs> All right. Terrifying. <laughs> That's terrible. Could you imagine? What kind of memes? Is that the end? <laughs> That's the end, yeah. Oh, okay. That's all I had. Um, so, oh, go ahead. So, <clears throat> I think that we should have a real company since we're trying to make it like. Because that's a made-up company, right? I don't want to, I, I Yeah, I didn't want like to, like... should say, like, Enron. Yeah, that was kind of what I was going for, was yeah. the Enron idea. But I also didn't want to get sued by saying that they were stealing people's data and having <laughs> no proof whether they did or didn't, which they did. But that's how... But that's how... <laughs> that's how... That's how uh, and, monsters and rumors and things are started. Yeah, but, again, we're we're in a fictional world here. We have to keep it fictional. I don't... Yeah. I just want this to be real. <laughs> <laughs> it could be real. You want us to hack your account? No. Casey is now the social observer. Replace all your photos with memes. <laughs> I, I feel like this is such a good fit for our modern day because so many people regret posting something online that they would just be like, oh, well, it was the social observer. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have, actually do that. You have an excuse, but it's at the so same perfect. time. But at the same time, like, people don't believe in the social observer. So, like, if it were to happen to you, like, I actually was attacked by the social observer, people wouldn't believe it. Right. They'd be like, yeah, sure. It's Mm -hmm. a scary thing. So every photo in their profile, they just put a text underneath it. Or is it replaced with a whole new image? I think it's replaced with, like, a whole new image, like a Bad Luck Brian or, like, a a rage face. Every image being that one where the one lady screaming at the cat. Oh, okay, I, like, yeah. Like, that's all of them. Talk about Karen? Because it's the worst <laughs> Yeah, meme. Karen screaming at the cat? It's the worst <laughs> How is that the worst meme? It just is. Okay. Okay, tell me one that's worse. Oh, I don't want it. The B-movie meme. The what? The B-movie meme. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I haven't, you haven't seen that one? No. Yeah. Just go Can't on you. bad. No. It, <laughs> do you know what the B-movie is? This was the movie with Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, from yeah, the, I do yeah. know that. Yeah, okay. that was a pretty bad movie. Yeah, so take that. And then every time he says the word B, speed up the video <laughs> two times. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. There's I a have, lot. That's an old one. And the fact that, well, and the fact that, like, he falls in love with, a like, a human lady, and the human lady falls in love with a B. There's plenty Is to go there. Is that true? Yes. Oh, have you wow. not seen the movie? I have not. I mean, I have Amelie watch it. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like if I saw the movie now, I could get through it quick if I did the B meme part of it. Yeah. But, I mean. <laughs> by the end, is it, like, inaudible? Yeah. Yeah, it's not even by the end. It's like six minutes in. <laughs> the amount of B puns in it. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> so the idea behind, like, the writing here, this was I took the Bigfoot <laughs> Wikipedia article nice. and kind of took a lot of the ideas from that. Um, I didn't go over, like, the hoaxes and because we really wanted to focus on, you know, what really was the social observer, not you know, the, the hoaxes behind, like, people faking the social observer. We wanted just the real things. Right. Um, and then I also didn't put it in popular culture because I really didn't know how to integrate that into uh, I, I what really, we have here. I'll be honest with you. Like, I feel like this is a really good concept for, like, 
an actual movie. I mean, like a book or a movie. I'm not joking. I feel like this is a really good content. Maybe we'll come back to this. We'll put I'm this in. Really as like, proud of us. <laughs> we'll, we'll put this back in as like an exciting event that the the Social Observer attacks. Yeah, yeah. Like yep. I think that that we could add it to the wheel. We'll add it to the wheel. Yeah, I think that that's what we're gonna do with this. Nice. All right, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think, think that I think that's. I think that could be like so far in our. I'm. I know we're in the infancy of our. Uh, this podcast. is better than Joff and his pickle sandwich. It's slightly. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to go crazy here, but we're getting better. And I yeah. think that that's. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter at story underscore spin. Uh, if you want to help us out, uh, the best thing you can do is to share this podcast with your friends, uh, review it on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. Uh, and thank you. Thank you for the support, and thank you for listening to Spin Me a Story. Also, I don't know. You can cut this if you don't like this idea, but they could also tweet at us and give us ideas for the wheel. That's exactly what I was – yeah, please do. Please uh, tweet us uh, story ideas, uh, exciting events. We'll add it onto the wheel of story. The yeah. wheel of stories. <laughs> yeah. Wheel. We'll call the wheel the wheel of stories, okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. It's so, changing. <laughs> no, it's Spin Me a Story is the name of the podcast. <laughs> wheel of Stories is the actual wheel we spin on. Yeah. Okay. We got something. The Good exciting compromise. events. Uh, so otherwise, uh, I'm Casey. I'm Luke. And I'm Roman. And this has been Spin Me a Story. Thank you. <laughs>